Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Silas Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Denise C. Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Elder Arinthia Mason, Mind and Soul. This was recorded on October the 5th, 2021. Live your life. Now, we are blessed today to have a, um, a guest um, as we're here to talk about mind and soul, mind, mind and soul. Uh, Dr. Arinthia Mason um, is extremely well-educated. She comes, she is a Texas college um, graduate, magnum cum laude, y'all, um, a bachelor okay. of science degree. Um, she graduated, also got a master's of education from Stephen F. Austin and an honorary doctorate in humane le letters. Y'all listen to this professional um, background here. She's the coordinator presently now of the Alumni Affairs for Texas College. She's the director of teacher education, the vice president for evening and weekend programs, vice president for student affairs, director of teacher education at Jarvis Christian College. She served in that role, principal in the Tyler Independent School District. She served in that role from 1986 to 2003, a Title I coordinator and instructional coordinator. She's a member of the Tyler ISD Board of Trustees for um, two for the last 15 years and has served as vice president and as president of the school board, a member of the Texas Association of School Boards, board of directors of the Tyler Area Chamber of Commerce, Vice President of the Smith County Appraisal District Boards. I mean, her 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 um, professional list just continues uh, to grow. She is past president of the Tyler Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated, the past regional chaplain for the Southwest Region of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated, and past president of the Tyler Board of Trustees. She served as a pastor um, for over 20 years. She's presently a presiding elder um, within the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and has served prior to them for 12 years as chair of the Joint Board of Finance. And those of y'all don't know, um, there are very few bishops that actually trust women at that level of, for being the chair of the Joint Board of Finance. And I'd like to hear from her if she's even aware if there have been other um, women who served as the chair of the Joint Board of Finance within our denomination. Um, she's a who's who in the South and Southwest, outstanding woman in Tyler, outstanding citizen by the Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated and Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, outstanding pillar of the community by the Alpha Kappa Sorority Incorporated. And so um, you all, without further ado, I'm just real pleased uh, to present to you all as I guess as we talk about mind and soul, um, the Reverend Dr. Arinthia Mason, presiding elder. Hello, Dr. Hello. Mason. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you today? I am doing great. How are you today? We are doing well. We like to kind of start off before we jump in um, with our questions on today. You know that we've been in this pandemic. We thought we would be out of it now for um, a while back, but here we are again. Um, how has it been for you in this adjustment? Um, I know that you, you've lost a close family member um, during this season, this time as well. So what has it been like um, in this, this season, this time of being um, in what we like to call these COVID streets? I would say the initial 
the beginning stages of COVID and all the challenges just caused us to uh, be silent, to seclude ourselves within our homes away from many people. And when you're secluded, I call it a wilderness experience. And so I spent time in the wilderness, reading the word of God, reading books, uh, studying, uh, even though I don't have a theological background, studying theology. Uh, I wrote poems. And uh, then after a while, I became bored. <laughs> wow. And I was tired of the house. I have never been a homebody. I've always worked all my life. And so uh, uh, this organization I work for now had been asking me for five months if I would come and work for them. And I, uh, in December of 2021, I, uh, I agreed. December wow. 2020, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So I'm working at a daycare now as the, uh, <laughs> as the administrator of daily operations. <laughs> oh, wow. Still in that education field. Still in Thank education. You and the urchins that carry <laughs> Yes, ma'am. That's where I am now. That, you're right. a, a prime example of repurposing yourself yeah. over and over and over again. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think you should ever be satisfied Yeah. Uh, with what you have done. Uh, you should never be satisfied with the, the journey that you're on because I always believe God expects more and there's mm -hmm. more that we can do in life. And so I have pledged myself to always serve. And so all of the... Uh, Positions I have found myself in were positions of service. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I take pride in serving and rendering service to God's children. Awesome. Wow. Well, let me let me ask you this. It's not one of those other questions, but your bio kind of uh, shares about how you served as the chair of the Joint Board of Finance. Yes. Um, that that's a milestone. Can you tell us about what that was like when when you heard the bishop call your name a woman? You know you've been you you have deep roots in the church, but what was that like to hear that you now chair the Joint Board of Finance? Actually, before uh, the bishop Gilmore spoke with me about that, I was uh, director of Christian education for the annual conference, and so I had been serving on the joint board. Uh, for several years. And then when uh, Bishop Gilmore asked me if I would take up the ham of serving on the joint board, uh, I uh, prayed about it. I didn't answer right away. I prayed about it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that night I gave Bishop Gilmore a call, thanked him for thinking enough of me to ask me to serve as chair of the joint board. At that time, as far as I know, uh, I had been the first, was the first, mm -hmm. but I'm not the only first. I believe Di uh, Diana Castile, presiding of the Castile, served as chair of the joint board in the East Texas region annual mm -hmm. conference. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, I was the only female until there uh, we put a lay person. There was a lay uh, um, member of one church and uh, between she and I, uh, we were the two female but I had total support, respect, and cooperation from all of the men, as well as the lady who served on the joint board. That's an organization when you when you get together, you've got to work together. There are no big eyes and little U's on the joint board. We all divide up the responsibilities. But in the in the final result, in the end of it all, I have to make sure that all the uh, money balances and everything is correct. Hmm. Wow. wow, my kind of talk. 
Uh, I, I think it's important. I believe every preacher and every lay person should have an opportunity. If you don't serve on the joint board, sit around the wall to really see all of the work that takes place in receiving the funds, making the funds balance, and having pastors come in and correct their reports that are incorrect, uh, working with the presiding elders who might get upset with you, but it's your job. And then at the end of the day, standing before the annual conference to answer for all of the stewardship for that year, fiscal year for the annual conference. Uh, it's a wonderful job. It's a, it's a demanding job, but I'm thankful for the journey. Oh, wow. I have oh, wow. a question, um, um, Bert, um, Dr. Mason, Elder Mason. There, there are many of our viewers who are not in the Methodist system at all. And they hear you talk about annual conferences, um, general boards, and it may sound Greek to them. But when they hear you talk about servanthood, that is a universal term. Yes. Um, servanthood in finance is and walking in integrity. And I know that you do. Can you share with with our viewers exactly what is Methodism um, it, it, as it relates to the CME church? We all, including the AMEs, mm -hmm. have a history. We have all come from the Methodist Episcopal Church South. We have methods. We abide by certain rules and regulations. You just don't conduct yourself in any kind of way. We have a Wesleyan uh, concept about how we go about doing things. And so uh, I love the fact that we are structured. You work within a structure. It is not loose. It is structured. And yet there is space for creativity and uh, for us learning to work together and come up with new ideas. That's a real brief uh, answer. <laughs> That's good. Wow. Thank you for that. Um, so um, we, our discussion with you today is about mind and soul, right? Not just, just the spiritual. Book. And, and you are a prime example of mind, um, your years in education. Um, at the highest tiers as president of the uh, uh, the, uh, the school of the school board and um, but and working at Texas College, all of those things that you've done. And yet at the same time, the soul, uh, your years of pastoring, um, you just talked about the joint board of finance, but now as presiding elder. Um, but one of these questions um, that we want to ask you in, in your years of, um, of, of both, how important do you think it is for a preacher uh, to be educated? I think everyone should be educated. Uh, oh. just be honest about it. Uh, and above all, uh, the pastor of a church, a preacher, should be one who is able to expound upon the word of God, to know the historical foundation, uh, the theological implications, but also how can you stand up in front of a congregation of people who have more education than you do? Hello. Hello. Lights, cameras. <laughs> we ought to be, we ought to know how to speak, how to communicate. Uh, that all takes an education, an educational foundation. And of course, I, I grew up during the time when we were segregated. And in segregated schools, it was demanded of you that you knew how to speak how to stand up in front of a, a group of people and, and, and express yourself, your subject and verb agreement, all of that. So I, 
I, I cringe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the presence of, of creatures who. Oh, mm. Did you say something? Go ahead, go and ahead, Elder. You no, can no, go finish, ahead. finish that. Because we heard you say subject and verb agree. Go ahead. Subject and verb okay. agree. Let me sit. Let me sit. Let me sit up. Mm. <laughs> let me sit down. Let me, let me put my shoulders uh, back. I mean, like we're hearing they book and they car. What, what? Come on, that their book, their car, and I want to so I want to I want to do a little small book, of nothing but little grammatical phrases. Y'all laughing at me? I, I, we want you to come out with that book because we need. I'm really serious because we are so in tune with what the news media is saying, and even what our movie stars are saying that we have gotten totally away. From speaking grammatically, when I was a child, they called it the King's English. We didn't know who the king was. We knew that our mother in the home and our teachers at school expected us to communicate in an intelligent way. That's right. <sighs> and oh, we have we tend to have, I think we've gotten away from that because they they don't they may spell things phonetically and they make a, a lot of money doing that. Uh, rather than T-H-E is D-A. Uh, so <laughs> this is texting, this texting that students do. And uh, even when students communicate with their teachers, they are texting instead of complete sentences. Uh, we, we've lost a lot. Uh, in, in a, the, the generations after me, I don't know where we failed, my generation failed. But I know at the schools where I served as principal, you had to be able to communicate correctly. You had to be able to express yourself. And it didn't take a lot. You just had to listen hmm. and be taught and learn. And so I, I, I think somewhere we've gotten very relaxed. And, 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 and we, we feel as though everybody should accept how we speak, hmm. even though we are not speaking correctly. And then you want to get in the pulpit. Mm-mm-mm. Preach. Come on, come on, Elder. Come you have on. educators, teachers, lawyers, doctors. You have people in your congregation who know correct grammar. And so I believe it's incumbent upon us as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we learn how to communicate, how to express ourselves, that we know what we're talking about. See, uh, you yes, all know ma'am. I haven't been to seminary. That doesn't mean I haven't studied theology. My God, today you you've got to be an intelligent person, so you need to be able to read, and that's another thing we've gotten away from encouraging our children to read. Reading is power, knowledge is power. But sometimes we couldn't go anywhere, we were poor when we were children. But what you could do is read, and so we read about various places in the world so you could travel there in a book until we were able financially. Uh, to go to yes. some of these places that we consider important uh, to us. So I, I, I really appreciate that, uh, Elder uh, Mason, because um, I, I, I was one who really thought ministers should have a seminary degree. However, I have come to learn that people, especially teaching some of the CME students that I teach, they have a heart for God and they do want to learn. Yes. 
And if we could just give them some theological understanding and undergirding, because it's expensive. Yes. But don't get me wrong, though, now, uh, Dr. Dr. Wallace. I wanted to go to Phillips School of Theology as soon as I graduated from Texas College. But I was poor. Mm -hmm. And my mother said, you need to go to work. And so I went to work. And after a span of time, that just got away from me. And I continued pursuing uh, my educational foundation. I had two masters. But the idea is that I did want to go to seminary. And I have spoken with, I have a dear friend named Reverend Ronald, uh, Donald Daniels. And Reverend Daniels talks with me if I would let him every night. And he's so excited about what he's learning in seminary. And he wants to share that knowledge. And he feels as though we are cheating congregations. When we don't require our preachers to go to seminary. But here's the other uh, pendulum. The other side of that is that there needs to be money there to 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 help support uh, ministers who really want to go and could go to seminary. You're stepping in it now, Elder. I I, I love it um, because we we started colleges in the early 1900s with a dollar and a half. That's correct. And folks sent money. Those little mothers that wore those little white dollies on their head, they sent a nickel. Now we don't send back. We we are some of the most educated and financially able yes, bodies yes. in and black them. Yes. And we are the less we send less to our alumni than any other organization. University of Florida, University of Georgia, University of Texas, they, they all got these huge budgets that they can do stuff with. Yeah. Granted, we don't make as much, but I believe that the two pennies we send can go mighty far. Mighty I, I, far. I, I, I agree with you, yes. Go ahead, Dr. Burke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, go ahead and finish that, that, that thought. I just believe that uh, if we are going to cause the minds and hearts and souls of our ministers to cause them to look up higher, to raise their level of achievement, uh, it's not that some of them don't want to, it's that they cannot afford to. Many have started families and uh, it's gonna take, uh, Dr. Wallace, it's gonna take us chipping in and helping these men and women, uh, it is expensive. Education period is spent, is expensive. That's something Dr. Burns and I were texting about the other day. Uh, you can't stay in college forever. You will owe the college forever. You will owe Uncle Sam forever with all of these uh, loans that you have. I, I, wish, I wish there were ways that we could uh, provide more financial uh, income to our preachers who want to go to seminary. Mm-hmm. I really do. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that, Dr. Mason. I, I, and see, now I hear you talking about all this education and, mm-hmm. and folk are needing to know how to um, conjugate their sentences and, and all of this. Mm-hmm. But, but if, if, if I had the anointing, why I need, why I need education? 
You, you see me right? I'm sitting up now. <laughs> I was educated before I received the anointing. And once I received the anointing, I continued my education because I believed it was incumbent upon me to have a solid foundation where I would be knowledgeable about those things that are important and that I would be able to communicate, uh, and I still say in an intelligent way, with my congregants, with the members of the congregations. And now as presiding elder with the pastors in the, in the uh, congregations that I serve. So you, yes, it's wonderful to be anointed. Praise God for the anointing. But uh, we also need an education. We need to have a sound foundation uh, in order to be able to elaborate. So I was talking to some preachers the other day. We, we, we get to, I would say, the surface level uh, of a topic that we may want to expound upon to preach on. But you have to look at the historical uh, foundation and then you have to look at what's happening a couple of chapters before there to understand why we have reached this point. And so it's, it's, it's so important, uh, uh, my sisters, uh, to be able to uh, dig a little deeper and to be able to expound upon. And then if you don't know, ask somebody. I have called, I have called Bishop Reddick before. I have called some of the uh, preachers in my district who are seminarians to ask these questions. Ask. Asking is not a sign of ignorance. Asking is a sign of intelligence that you want to know. When you Absolutely. don't ask, that's yes. where that ignorance comes in. Elder Mason, there are. Yes. There's a, I have an echo. Is there, is there, there are some. Um, we want to address some of the thoughts in the comments section here. Um, and I think it's worthy of um, mentioning again um, Mary, Mary Campbell McKinney, Bishop right. Gilmore advised our class that a seminary degree is the only degree that can't be used on the job. Cassandry, I think that's Redmond Keys. Amen. I went to seminary with the promise of de denominational support, but graduated with $200,000 in student debt and the willingness to educate the masses. Then she goes on to say, I'm still waiting on the half tuition I was promised. Right. This is Amber. Right. But the men don't have as much in loans as the women at Philip. Then she goes on. Oh, wait a minute. Well, let me explain this to you, Cassandra. Yes, truth is welcome here. You, there is no need for you to apologize because right. we invite all of it. Then it says you can have the most education on a district and skill are still be overlooked and played. Ooh. Ooh. You know, um, all of these are valid, valid comments. And we don't want to discourage you from sharing because we're engaging here. We talk about everything. So yes, all of your valid, all of your points are valid. Elder Mason, let's yes. let's kind of dive into some of this stuff. Okay, let's dig into it. All right. First. We talk about 
education not necessary or we can't use it on the job. And you just mentioned that we need to use it behind the pulpit because there are educate, educated people in the pews who yeah. are waiting for our educated pastors to speak intelligently or articulate what's in the word of the Lord, right? Yes. Not only that, we see that the women have more student debt than men. Let's let, <laughs> let's talk about that. And she and particularly at Phillips. I don't understand that aspect of it because uh each one of the colleges and universities that I have attended, debt is debt. Uh, the only thing that will separate you is that someone may have received scholarships where another person may not have, someone may have received grants yep. where others may not have. And if there is a disparity or a discrepancy, it's because we're not treating the females and the males equally. And that is her point. She also says the women had to pay for housing and the men stayed in Phillips for free. And I'm assuming this is from personal, personal experience. Um, Tina is Tina Wallace. Reverend Wallace is saying, I use, I use my, in the midst of seminary degree on the job, my teaching is not just in the pulpit. Now, I, okay, you use your seminary degree on the job. That is absolutely correct. Um, because they teach you more than Bible. They teach you how, well, I don't want to go there. but well, They teach well, you how to relate to people. They teach you uh, as an African-American. They teach you the politics of all of that. You learn a lot. So I, I, I can say to you that everything that I have learned in college, and in all the universities I have attended, especially the one I went to in Spain, where I should have kept my Spanish up, you can use the knowledge if you're talking to a young person. Encourage young people to go to college. Encourage them. Now, listen, some folk want to debate that. Should everyone go to college? I will say to you, everyone should get an education. Mm-hmm. Now, you can go to a trade school. Trade school. That's still an education. And, and you can you be successful. But for many of us, we knew we had to go to college because of what our uh, what we wanted to be required, what our profession required. And so what I think is sad now, I have to be honest with you. I didn't owe a penny when I graduated from Texas College. Praise God. Hallelujah. I did not owe a penny to Stephen F. Austin State. Both times that I went, one was in uh, reading for a master's degree. The other was in public school administration because I applied myself and I represented in such a way. People are watching you. See, that's what students don't understand. People watch you. They're watching you in the hallways. They're watching you in the cafeteria. And when people see you, carrying yourself in a certain way. There are people who will honor you and will help you financially. And so uh, I had scholarships. Each one of those times I went to school, even when I went to Spain for three weeks, thanks be to God that was taken care of. Everybody is not that fortunate. And I understand that. And I'm so sorry that we are not treating all of the students at, uh, ITC, Phillips School of Theology, the same way. 
because if one gets a grant, all ought to get a grant. If you have, if you're, uh, let me put it this way. How do I say this? Great point average. There you go. <laughs> I was about to say, come on and say GPA. Come on. Right. If your grade point average qualifies you for it, mm -hmm. I would hope that you would receive it. Well, so the, I, the reality, though, uh, Elder Mason, is that patriarchy is still alive. Yes, and, and well. well. It, and it will be till we die. And it will, yes, it, I, there's, it, we probably won't live to see. Totally. You, you know, this is real interesting. I don't know if Dr. Burns probably knows this about me. I just didn't let anybody tell me I couldn't do something. I just didn't have any better sense. Uh, came up in a home where my mother said, you are intelligent. You go to school and act like somebody. You have a power to be whatever you want to be. And I believe that. And so I did not allow anyone to put a roadblock in my pathway. I didn't allow you to mess with my mind so that I could not believe that I could achieve. And so because I believed and had the foundation and was pushed, amen, was pushed by the community, by my mother, by my family, then I chose to go as far as I could go. The only thing I have not done that I wanted to do were two things. I wanted a PhD. And by all rights, actually, sad to say, you all, I was five classes from a doctorate. My mother became ill. And my mother was more important than that doctor. Life happens. and, and, life and happens. God, But God still honored you, and you are an elder and you served wow. on the general board of, yes, of the, yes, of the yes, CME yes. church. Um, but I, I felt like there was something that I should have accomplished and did not. Uh, Dr. Essie Clark George says, Orenthe, it's not too late to go to seminary. And who knows, knowing me, I might. Uh, it's just that you have to be uh, content within yourself. And there, those are a couple of things that I wish I had done and did not. Elder Mason, I, I want to tap into to, um, something that Amber is talking about. Um, you said it doesn't work in 2021, um, but that's what Amber is saying. But Elder Mason, you just said you didn't allow... Oh, no, 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 no. Fresh, I'm going to use this word. I think it's in Ezra 4. You didn't allow anyone to frustrate your purpose no and when i hear hear those three frustrate your purpose those three words he said okay i'm not going to allow i'm not going to allow anyone in my head and someone on this call is 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 going through that right now someone yeah. is badgering you telling that you can't you're a woman you can't do it can i share with you today that you can do it no matter what is going on and yeah. elder mason you are saying just that your life is a testimony to the women on this call on this broadcast that there is still time to get it done as we shared before you have a way of rebranding repurposing your whole life even now so can you speak to the mm -hmm. women right now about rebranding and let me say let me say this i've said it earlier never be satisfied with what you have done right i believe we were forced into a race uh, as black people, we were forced into a race as females. We have been forced into a race that I think at some point in time we have yet to run. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we have achieved all that we can achieve. Let me make this plain. 
if you grow up in a house where a wallpaper is falling off the wall, that didn't that didn't dictate where I was going. Mm -hmm. That's just a situation I lived in. If you grew up in a home where you had to eat mayonnaise sandwiches, uh, you had to. <laughs> I could go a long way with that one. Come on here. It didn't determine mm -hmm. my direction in life. Mm -hmm. uh, I had, I believe, I had a calling on my life when I was a child. When mm -hmm. my brothers used to get a whipping, I was praying. I was always on my knees praying. Mm. I'll never forget one night mama said, I'm going to come in there and get you. I was just praying for my brothers that mama would quit so they would be all right. I, you can have a calling on your life. and But you, what you understand that with that calling, that there's, I believe there's a profound destiny that you, you must seek out. You must travel that road. And sometimes you may have to travel that road by yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you may not get what you thought you should get in life. I, I, I'll never forget. I was an educated woman twice. And 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 when I was assigned my first church, folks said, you going there? I didn't even know where it was. That was the greatest experience that I had because I learned to love people for who they are. Uh, I learned to work with them, to say to them and show them where they could go as a church. Well, a group of people, uh, the first time the bishop ever came to that church was when we burned the note. So you 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 take every experience in life, and I believe you build on that. Every experience you have, you build upon it. Uh, there was a, I had to travel 75 miles one way, and here the preachers are, ooh, Ricky Mason is going to do that? I said, yes, I am, because I was assigned to go there. I heard my name called when appointments were read. And I was always told you go where you sit. And so I went everywhere I was sent and I could always go back now anywhere I was sent. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. It was a blessing. And so what I, I say to you is that it may not be what you thought it should be, but you need to make it what you want it to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's it. It. and not settle that for what yeah. it is. Yeah. That that's it. That's and there, there's some sometimes Ooh. we do have to challenge the status quo, and that's where I think you're talking about. You have to walk alone. Yes, because that's that. You start challenging the status quo. It may not shift completely to where you want it to be. But I do, thanks be to God, think it will shift and people listen. They may not honor what you say, yes, but they remember what you say. In due season, right? you shall reap my Lord. if you think not. That's it, it takes seasons sometime a long time, but in due season. Mm -hmm. uh, ladies, when uh, I'll never forget <laughs> uh, Bishop Coleman wanted me to, he had already ordained me a deacon. And that next year, he was going to ordain me an elder. And I went to him and I said, no, sir. And he said, what did you say? I said, no, sir, because the book of discipline says so and so and so and so. And you have preachers who are watching what you're doing. And they are saying you're going to do it because it's Orinthia Mason. And so I didn't. I traveled the number of years I was supposed to travel, completed the course of study that I was supposed to complete before I went on in life. And so I've learned um, you have destinations, you have stopping points, uh, 
you pick back up, get aboard your train of life again, and the train is going to stop again at some depot. But everywhere it stops, learn something, make the most out of it. And then, as I said, you build upon it. And uh, right now, you can't tell me what I can't do in life. And it's not arrogant. Uh, I'm not big-headed because folk will tell you, I'll do anything for you. That's why I'm here at this daycare. Because they asked me, and I, I feel like it was a calling to be here. But you have to believe so much in yourself that you don't, you may hear the negative. Uh, there's, who's that say, garbage in, garbage out. If you allow garbage to come in, then garbage is going to come out. But if you remember who you are and whose you are, don't let anything, don't folks say nothing, don't let nothing hold you down. But just know that as you ascend in life, this is another thing I did, as you ascend in life, reach down mm-hmm. and bring somebody else up. Help somebody else along the way. I went off to school board because I thought 15 years was enough. And I said, let's bring up somebody else. Let's encourage somebody else. And so there are things you learn in life. Help somebody else along the way. And uh, I, I could go on and on, but what, what else do you want to no, ask? No, I want you to stay right That's there good. because many times there are leaders who, who want to stay there and won't bring anyone else with them. Let's let's well, talk about that a little bit. All right. That's being selfish. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Because first of all, the blessings that have come my way were not because of who I am. It was, I know it was because of how I applied myself and because I believed in helping others, but it was not because of degree or title in front of my name or degree behind my name. Uh, if if you if you humble yourself in such a word in such a way, be humble. Whatever comes your way, whatever degrees you have, remain humble, but always reach down and help somebody else. Uh, you talk about a theological education. The theological education is meant to form your whole being, and that's why I tell you I feel like there's a part of me that's lacking because I didn't get that theological foundation. Yes, I can read books. And I do that. I have libraries of books that I read and, and, and read with contentment. But still, there's that feeling that you can go further. And so I would say to anyone who's listening, don't be contented. Mm-hmm. Contentment is not, it, well, it's okay. But always know that God wants you to go further and to do more. And uh, I would say to be an even greater blessing. Uh, to others along the way. Uh, People say, why don't you just stop? Uh, Stop is not in me. Uh, I would drop dead somewhere one day, probably uh, serving, but not stopping. Uh, I think the older I get, I still see things that I can do in life. And uh, Dr. Burns, I'm on my way to retirement. Uh, I don't know what that will feel like in in six years, I tell you what, I won't be sitting down. Good. Uh, Good. I will be working. I will be yeah. helping somebody. I may even be uh, pastoring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pastoring to me was the, the best thing that happened in my life. When the mm. bishop called me, I cried. 
you're going to be a preside nail. I say, but I'm having a blast. He said, you're getting ready to have a blast being a preside nail too. I said, all right. And uh, I have learned to be, to experience the contentment that comes with doing what I'm doing and yet know there's more that I can do to help others along the way. And so uh, we need to be increasing our knowledge every day. Increase your knowledge. Don't conform to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Dr. Mason, I'm 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 very glad to hear you say that you know that quote um, that retirement is near, but you're not planning on retirement because I think that's been one of the places that you and I have have wrestled the most. Um, <laughs> is, is is your you know saying? Oh, I'm stepping aside. I'm stepping aside because I, I think you just have a, a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And just even on today, looking at uh, and reading the comments that are coming mm -hmm. based on what you're saying, um, I, I, and I, in, in what you've shared about your humility, your willingness to help others, um, and and you've just you've you've hit the 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 nail on the head in so many ways already, but still, um, what what would you share to to other women um, who are trying um, to remain positive? Um, in this uh, and, and trying to stay focused, trying to 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 pursue a vision, but yet um, it seems as though they're getting hit not uh, hard knocks from places they thought were places of support um, or people who supported them. How how do you, what do you have to say to them to well, kind of one, to, one to thing going? I would say, Dr. Burns, is if you weren't doing anything, you wouldn't be experiencing hard knocks. If you weren't excelling in life. If you weren't achieving, you wouldn't be dealing with this kind of stuff. But I always said, you throw a rock at me, I'm going to step on it and turn into a stepping stone. I'm just, I just, I've never, ever believed in allowing folk to hold me down. Uh, I'm a child of the most high God. And if God created me in his image, then within me is the wisdom and ability and the knowledge to just keep moving. And so I would say to ladies, listen. Be proud that you are a woman. God made us beautiful females. Be proud wait, of that. Say, wait, say that again. Wait a minute. 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 God made us beautiful females. Don't be like somebody said, preach like a man. No, I'm not preaching like a man. I'm preaching <laughs> the, the gift that God gave me. Be who you are. Be proud. Dress with pride and dignity. Carry yourself in a stately and majestic way. You don't have to walk. I'm not getting ready to get in trouble on this one. You don't have to walk around that collar all day long, everywhere you go. I, 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 okay, uh, Sarah Braffy, y'all gonna get me in trouble. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no. That is, I may get in trouble for saying this, but oh, child, I'm so glad you said that. Because <laughs> I try real hard. I mean, it's a stretch to wear it on the first Sunday. Yeah. And when the bishop yeah. requires that we wear it, and I understand it's an outward sign yeah. of an inward change, but I want to yeah. say you need to know who yeah. you are. Know thyself. What to say to that? Some, some, some folks need to learn. Some folks need to learn how to wear the collar on the inside. Then, if it's an outward <laughs> sign, yeah. well, because I've, I've heard that so much. It's an outward. Say it again. Sorry. It's an hour sign of an inner change. There ought but, to be a change within. But you should, I think it should be in reverse. Because no, yeah. what goes on inside should reflect what you see outside. But not in that collar. 
It ought to be the way you carry yourself and how you treat one another, Dr. Braffer. Absolutely. And how you go about life. That's exactly, we're on the same page because I see, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and step in. I see these, these, this cloth, these collars, but you mean as hell. Well, and not not just mean, but, and and I'm going to go to the other side of the spectrum that you're sleeping with everybody, you're cussing folk out, you're drunk, you know, you do all this and now. Now They ought to be afraid because (laughs) God has a higher judgment, there's a high calling on our lives. Absolutely. I, I would be scared to death to be doing all this kind of stuff. So now it's about, who's it? Somebody said the other day, you can fool one another, but you can't fool God. Ever. And and you can't go around here living any kind of way, treating people any kind of way, uh, conducting yourself any kind of way, and expect to receive, to reap all of the blessings uh, that God has in store for you. And then you out there, that's why, I, listen, y'all, I used to party. I'm going to tell the truth. I used to see sunrise, Dr. Wallace, Sunday morning at that. You, you all, I've always had my Bible. I just want to throw that in. I've always had my word with me. Go I, I go, I tell everybody at the party, and I didn't go to clubs, but we did house party. I said, now, you come to my party, you have to go to church. All of us dragging in the church. God was whipping us. Knowing good and well, we weren't doing what we ought to do. But here's the thing. You look back over your life, and you see where God has brought you from. You don't go back to what you used to do. Yeah, 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 yes, in your life. Yes, yeah. Before you leave, Dr. Mason, you got to talk about that rock that people throw at you. And sometimes I believe that it's that's not where God wants you to be. God troubles us in places and we struggle to stay where we're not where we should not be. And I'm I am guilty. I have stayed in a job that I knew was not for me. It was like putting a square peg in a round hole. And it was... So you're hurting yourself physically. Uh, You're doing things to your health that you don't need to do. And that affects your whole lifestyle. And so what I would say to someone, uh, you, you can't... Don't force yourself to be something you are not. Or to do things that you know you have not been called to do or trained to do, uh, do you? Uh, whatever God has blessed you to be and has trained you to go down that road of life, that's where you need to go. Uh, when I was tired of being a principal, I retired. And I retired at 50. I said, I had enough of this. Went on the board, had enough of that after 15 years. Uh, served at two colleges, uh, loved it. But after I'd had enough, it was time to just go do something different. Uh, I believe God has blessed you in such a way that you ought to use your gifts and talents wherever you go. So I believe that there there are people just waiting. Uh, What bothers me a lot of times is I'm the only black person sitting on boards, uh, the only black person sitting on committees, uh, the only one that the mayor might call, that bothers me. And it's not because uh, I kiss. It's because I believe that, why y'all laughing at me? I believe it's because Preach. 
there's something I need to do. I mean, my presence there could make a difference. That's right. So I believe wherever you go, let your presence make a difference. But how let, your, let, let, your, let your heart and your life yeah. speak for you. But Elder, you keep saying, one, I'm the only one. How can we change that narrative? How can we change the trajectory? How can we transform others that they will be called as well? I keep hearing you say, well, bring others with you. But if we're the only ones in the room speaking for others, how can we get others in the room with us? Uh, Well, uh, doctor and doctor and doctor. (laughs) (laughs) We have to reach out. Sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone, uh, out of the box that you're in. And we must not think that we're the only one who can do what's being done. We have to train uh, young adults, uh, train our youth uh, to be prepared and to do those things that are necessary to be in position uh, to receive some of these honors. I was national youth president for the youth of the CME church. Little old poor girl from Tyler, Texas, never ever dreamed I could even reach that level. But somebody saw something in me. And somebody said, my mama prayed for me. Somebody saw something. And what we have to do is look for that something in other young ladies. Look for that something in our sons and daughters. And then teach them, guide them, direct them. We can't fuss at them, whip them, beat them, curse them out, all it. I can go through a whole lot. What you have to do is spend quality time with people. See, back in segregation, they spent quality time with us. And so we are missing out on spending quality time with our young people, with our young adults. And then you got to tell the folk in the church, Okay, are you going to stay in this position 40 years or are you going to train somebody to step in so that the, 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 come on, come on, on, on. I'll never forget, uh, ladies at the age of 17, the the folk in my chapel said, you're going to be superintendent of Sunday school. I said, no, I'm not. They say, but you've been teaching Sunday school. I say, I'll, I'll continue to teach. I say, we need you to step up and be Sunday school superintendent. I learned it by working beside someone. We want to keep the what we call this little earthly endowed power. We want to keep it, but power without the Holy Ghost is dangerous. And so... <laughs> what you say? What you say? Instead of us training others to come along with us, come along and board this train. We need to teach them to come along. Uh, start organizations. I was a top team. Top teams trained us. They knew segre- uh, integration was coming. They said, you will be better than the best just to be considered average. I'll never wow. forget that. Wow. You wow. must be better than the wow. best That's right. just to be considered average. And That's they were right. They were right. Wow. Um, we got to deal with a couple of these comments that are coming through here. Um, one question. Do you want others in the room with, do we want others in the room with us? As I mentioned earlier, we're always the only one, but how can we add or allow other people in the room with us? But she said, do we really want other people in there with us? Well, 
I personally believe we do. I can't speak for the other folk who are in the room. Mostly, they're mostly white anyway. But what I can say to those of us who are women of power, women of color, women who have uh, these educational backgrounds, use it to bring somebody else up. Mm -hmm. And so there are plenty of people in our community. All you got to do is go to them and say, listen, I have I have been watching you through your youthful days. I, I see so-and-so in you. And I believe you have the ability to do this and that. Would you allow me to work with you? And by the way, there is this position that's coming open. I believe you're the right person for it. See, that's what we need to do. Instead of being these crowds pulling the other oh. one down when we go up, yeah. we need to be lifting one another up, encouraging. I don't know if that's the answer you want. Oh, oh yes, it is. Um, Floristine, where, where are you, Floristine Woods? What area do you live in? Can you put that in the chat? Miss Mississippi, Louisiana. She comes okay. out of that area. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. There is a, what, there's another um, comment that said, no one really wants to be mentored anymore. Everybody wants to be their own eye. On, on that's their not own true. Eye. That's not true. All right, that's, that's a true. comment there. All right, some Andrew. people don't know how oh, to reach out. They don't know how to reach out. They don't know how to be mentored because probably because they've been beat down and told too many times you'll never be this and you can't do that and just go on and just pop your thing and I no, we've got to we've got to work with them. Uh, I don't allow young there are young folk who say I don't want to do that. I said, let's sit down and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so you don't accept no from young people. Uh, and don't, don't you think these young folk are not smart? Listen. These young people are very intelligent. Yes. Now, a lot of it is worldly wisdom, but you need to have that too. Mm -hmm. We just have to work with them to have this godly wisdom. But there are young people who are very capable and able. They can take over what I'm doing right now. Well, how will now this this is just too good. We I mean, we have some engagement in here it says we need more intergenerational dialogue. And and let me apologize Florstein was I didn't I didn't realize that you were um Tennessee. In, in Tennessee now. I, I apologize to you for that. Okay. We we have reached our time, Dr. Uh, Bradford. Yes, I know, but we got to do, I know, I know. It says, how will electing female bishops be helpful for women in ministry? We got to deal with this. Wait a minute. Electing female bishop is not just helpful for women. Come on. It's helpful for the whole church. Well. Uh, the whole. If you can be a pastor, you can be a presiding elder, you can be a bishop, but carry yourself in such a way. Uh, don't be a bishop, uh, an Episcopal leader who beats down people and talks down to people. Be one who knows how to encourage and how to reach up. And so it's not that you need a female bishop for the women. It's for the whole church. Whole first church needs to see how intelligent and sharp we are. How we can take nothing and make something out of it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Wait, make a dollar out of 15 cents. <laughs> Ashe and Amen. This has mm. oh, this is absolutely wonderful. Powerful. Our viewers have been in, engaging, and they are ready to do what God has called them to do. I mean, you can just see it in the chat. You have been yeah. a blessing, yeah, a yeah. true Praise blessing. God. Amen. 
Little yeah. poor girl from North Tyler. Listen, <laughs> listen. Who came from the hood, but the hood was not in her. She learned from the hood. Wow. Still yeah. lives. And listen, tell you something. Listen, I'm proud of who I am. Yes. A hood rat. The hood made me who I am. I live in the hood today. Wait a mm. minute. She said Tyler, y'all. Okay. There is no hood in Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now, Listen, you got that... plenty of millionaires and billionaires, but I want mm. you to know I grew up in the hood. The hood was around Texas College. And when I say the hood, it was the neighborhood. Uh-huh. The neighborhood where all the doctors and lawyers and preachers and teachers and the poor folk all live together. That's right. There you go. There yeah. you go. We were that a community, great. a village, and they raised us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm proud to be from that neighborhood. There you go. That's a difference than the hood. <laughs> okay, I got you. I love okay. it. I love it. I love it. All right, Dr. Burns, this has been absolutely wonderful. This has been just absolutely, yeah, but what Dr. Bradford said, this has just been a tremendous and tremendously powerful conversation. Thank you, Dr. Mason. God bless you. Presiding elder for for stopping by um, us um, with us on today. You know what I asked her? Why are you asking me? I'm just a little old me. That's right. And and, and, and now all the viewers you, you all see, why we needed Dr. Mason on today. Correct? Come on, hit those hearts, hit those hearts for Dr. Mason and Praise tell her thank God. you. Thank you. And thank you. What, what is uh, now everybody see what little old me looks like and how <laughs> great this little old me is, right? Let me correct one thing. Hold on, Doc. You said 20 years. I have been in the ministry 35 years. 35 years. Pastor 32 years. Hallelujah. Wow. Yes, thank you for that correction. Amen. I hang around backstage for us. All right. And Dr. Bradford, if you will let um, our guest uh, know um, who we have with us on next week, please. Well, next week we have none other than Dr. Irie Sessions. Um, When I tell you you want to come back next week, same time, same place. See you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.